Hi, this is Julie, one of your co-hosts. Uh, we originally recorded episode three, which was about the Three Musketeers. Unfortunately, we have lost the audio of that recording. Uh, we may try to re-record that episode later, but for now, we're going to move on ahead to episode four, which is about the Witch of Blackbird Pond. Welcome to our third episode of our podcast, Children's Relit. My name is Shirley. Shirley. And we've been best friends since the fourth grade. In this podcast, we reread the books we loved as children and discuss their impact on us then and now and see if our opinions have changed in the ensuing, eh, I'm not going to say many years, <laughs> since we first read the book. Um, a little bit about us before we begin. Um, so I've been a librarian for over 10 years, uh, mostly working with teens, young adults, and now I work with children. Um, I've been a reader my whole life. Um, and, uh, you know, so reading's been really important to me. Um, and my best friend, Julie, hey. one of the things we bonded over was books. So yeah, my name is Julie. I am a uh, former liberal arts major, current computer scientist, and avid reader of just about everything. Shirley's best friend. Yay! So our book this episode is The Witch of Blackbird Pond. Um, a little bit about the book uh, before we begin, in case you have not read it. Again, uh, spoilers for a 60-year-old book. It's your own book, guys. Spoilers. So The Witch of Blackbird Pond, originally published in 1958, is written by Elizabeth, Elizabeth George Spear. Um, I'm going to read a biography. It's mostly from her New York Times obituary. So she's famous enough to be in the New York Times. Hey. Uh, Elizabeth George Spear was the award-winning author of numerous children's historical fiction books, including The Witch of Blackbird Pond and The Bronze Bow, both of which were Newbery Award winners. She also wrote The Sign of the Beaver, a Newbery honor book that is read by countless school children every year and actually was one that Julie and I read in class. Um, I think we were in the fourth or fifth grade. Okay. Um, she was born in Massachusetts, and many of her books um, <clears throat> are set in New England, where she grew up, and eventually her family uh, settled in Connecticut. Uh, she's been a, she was a writer from a young age, but she put her writing career um, on hold while she was raising her family and did not get a chance to really focus on her writing until her children were in junior high. She passed away in 1994 at the age of 84. Mm. Yeah. So, also did not know that she passed away, but... No. Yeah. And actually, did you know that The Sign of the Beaver was, like, her last book? I know, I did not know that. Yeah, I thought it would have been written more, like, contemporarily with um, The Witch of Blackbird Pond, but I think it was came out in the 80s, maybe. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It is okay. super interesting. Um, hmm. So, a super... Oh, I'm going to try to keep it super brief synopsis, but <laughs> it is not super brief. There's a lot going on in this book for a short book. So uh, 16-year-old Catherine Tyler, known as Kit, is fleeing Barbados in a potential marriage to a super old dude. She's leaving for Connecticut. Her beloved, wealthy, and well-respected grandfather recently passed away, and now she's headed to her aunt and uncle um, who live in Connecticut. Unfortunately, she didn't tell them she was coming. And gosh, Nat, Captain Sun is so intriguing, but he's also really annoying. So she shows up unannounced to meet her family for the first time in this dingy Puritan town. So our characters, Kit, 
our heroine, a plain but everybody still falls in love with her type girl. She's outspoken and accustomed to the finer things in life. Oh yeah, and she can swim. Nat, the captain's son, who Kit meets on the dolphin, that's the boat that goes from Barbados. Um, they go back every year uh, between New England and Barbados. He often appears shirtless and keeps talking to Kit, even though they seem to make each other cross a lot. John Holbrook, he's another passenger on the dolphin. He's a serious young man who is going to Connecticut to study with the Reverend Berkeley, a well-known scholar, theologian, medical doctor. He does, seems what, just there about everything. He's in love with Mercy, but somehow gets trapped into an engagement with Judith. Um, I'm going to lump the aunt and uncle together. Aunt Rachel and Uncle Matthew are Kit's maternal aunt and her husband. They're very Puritan and initially are not very excited to welcome her to their home. Judith is Kit's cousin. She's very beautiful. Um, she's about the same age as Kit. She's a little materialistic for a Puritan, which is sort of surprising. Um, and she has a thing for William and for John Holbrook. Uh, Mercy is Kit's other cousin. And I don't actually know who's older. Do you know who's older? I think it's Mercy. I think Mercy is the older child. Is she? She's, she's so. definitely much more responsible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mercy is a super nice person and very gentle. She walks with a crutch after a mysterious illness as a child, and so she has to stay home a lot. She teaches a dame school, which is a school for very young children so they can learn how to do basic reading before they go to regular school. And she is in love with John Holbrook, too. And then William Ashby is Kit's suitor. He comes from a very wealthy family, and he is very interested in building a fancy house. He likes to stare at Kit. So true. Uh, <laughs> he does. <laughs> That's a really good summary. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's like his main thing. <laughs> Hannah is an old Quaker lady. Uh, she's been accused of witchcraft and she had to flee her old um, home and made this new home um, outside of their town. She befriends Kit and she plays a large part in the story, clearly. Um, Prudence is a girl that Kit meets on the dolphin as well. Her, um, her and her parents are traveling again on this boat or yeah, ship. And yeah, ship, I guess, ship. Yeah, and uh, the main thing to know about her is that her mother... Um, is very mean, thinks Prudence is really dumb, treats her super poorly, and tells Prudence all the time that she's just like this dumb kid. Like, she just, she's an idiot. Mm. Um, and she, so she's very uh, cowed by her mother. She, she's very scared of things. Um, Kit makes friends with her, introduces her to Hannah, and teaches her to read. Okay, so now we've met the main players in this story. So she's in this town, she meets all of these characters, and everyone goes, oh my god, she doesn't fit in here. And Kit goes, oh my god, I don't fit in here. She's super stressed out because everything is such hard work and she can't get anything right. She's used to being, you know, kind of pampered on this plantation in Barbados where she had a lot of slaves. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not problematic. She meets William Ashby at a church. What do they call it there? A meeting? Meeting. The meeting. meeting. Capital M meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she meets yeah William Ashby at the first meeting that she attends, um, and you know he's awestruck by her fancy fancy clothes, and uh, basically starts courting her. 
And she's like, okay, well, if I marry this guy, then I won't have to work that hard anymore because he's rich. So she's kind of okay with it, even though he's boring. Um, eventually she meets Hannah um, after she, she makes this big mistake and she runs off because she's like, I can't do anything right. And she runs and she's crying in the, the swamp near their town. Um, meets Hannah, makes friends with her. And everyone that finds out that she's been hanging out with Hannah says, don't hang out with Hannah because she's a witch. Mm. But she does anyways. Um, eventually a fever comes to the town and just about everyone gets really sick. You know, I mean, this is 18, well, it's bef- no, 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 17 before the, before the 16. Revolutionary War. 16. 16? Is this in like in the reign of King James? Hang on. I'm going to do a little quiet research in the background. Continue. Okay. Yeah. It's super early. It's before the Revolutionary War. So it's before 16 something, right? Where was I? Oh, so everyone just gets everyone gets sick. Kit heals the fastest, and so she's working really, really hard to make to take care of everybody. And so through her hard work, her her aunt and uncle finally see that you know she actually cares about her family, and that they they start to see her value, you know, kind of understand her a little bit more. Um, but however, because there's fever and people don't understand germ theory, uh, everyone thinks Hannah is the cause because you know she's a witch. So the villagers get their pitchforks and their, you know, torches or whatever, and they literally go to the swamp and try to burn her out of her little hut. But Kit and Nat save her. Oh, yeah, did I mention she's also friends with Nat? Hannah knows lots of people. So uh, then the villagers turn Sauron's eye on Kit, and then they (laughs) say, she's the witch. So then Kit has to go on trial. Um, Uncle Matthew speaks on her behalf, and basically speaks up for her and says she's not a witch she is disobedient but not a witch william her suitor her fiance does not show up to this meeting at all um however nat does appear at this meeting even though he'd been banned from town and had been threatened with uh was was it a whipping yes yeah a whipping if 30 lashes yes because he had lit illuminated illuminated house with pumpkins (laughs) (laughs) um and he brings prudence and prudence actually saves kit because they found um a primer where prudence's name had been written over and over and over and you know prudence's mother is like like why why is her name being written it's a spell they're gonna expel my child and kit's like I've been teaching her to read. And then Prudence, they were like, oh, Prudence is too dumb to read. Prudence is there and she can write her name because she's been practicing. And also she actually read um, from the Bible because that's what she's been practicing to read. So uh, they are like, oh, well, why would a witch teach someone to read from the Bible? Okay. So after all this, and she has been found to be not a witch, thankfully there was no ducking or needles or anything. Kit realizes she doesn't like William because he's boring and not supportive. And that she loves Nat, who is cute and saucy and smart. Judith ends up with William and John Holbrook, who went to fight Native Americans, but was taken captive. Um, He escaped and returns to Mercy uh, because he loves her. So weddings all around. That's kind of where it ends. Kit goes on the boat, on the ship with Nat. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of it. Like, wherever you are is my home. (laughs) 
true. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that is basically it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, there's some other details. Like, there is actually a lot of political stuff where they mm-hmm. talk about, you know, being a royalist versus, you know, kind of, it's not even a colony. Well, I guess it's a colony. It's a colony. It's a colony. Colonialist, yeah. you know, like, it, uh, Uncle Matthew is very much for, like, you know, we're the people working this land. What does England know about ruling us? Mm. Um, and Kit, since her grew up in Barbados, which is, um, I think, was much more English, mm-hmm. like directly under the rule. Uh, her grandfather was a royalist. Also, her grandfather was part of the plantation system, which probably required, you know, you know, stuff from the the the, the king. Mm. So, you know, she has a very different perspective. There, there's there's a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not really the plot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. It's sort yeah. of, it's background. It's a source of tension. It is. But it's not, I don't, I don't think it was the main source of tension. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I felt like it, it was sort of like that sort of men's stuff. Yeah. Um, should we talk about that? That's, there's a really kind of interesting um, range of reactions to the political questions of the time. So, yeah, there's so there's this sort of um, I mean, like, as we know, there's sort of this impending crisis as to, um, you know, whether England should have authority over the American colonies. Um, Again, spoiler (laughs) alert. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so there's this whole range of reactions like so um, cousin Matthew. I guess it's her uncle, her uncle, Matthew, Mm -hmm. like strongly believes that. (laughs) That's. You know what? I'm like conflating with that, and also, um, um, isn't that Anna Green Gables' uncle is also Matthew? There's like too many Matthews. Oh yeah. Too many Matthews. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uncle Matthew, Matthew Wood, uh, yeah. as you say, like very strongly believes it's like this is our land. We work this land. Um, I guess we stole it from the Indians, fair and square. Uh, and also kind of fleeing from England. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. And so they have this. It's funny, I feel like I'm describing this like it's science fiction, like mostly what I know about it is from the world building of the book. Um, I feel like even though we like studied pre-Revolutionary War, you know, uh, America in school, we like learned nothing. So I'm just like, literally all the facts I'm saying are like in the book. But um, so they have they have a charter which lays out like the colony's rights as opposed to like sort of just the king can do whatever they want. And then um, the, go- the governor kind of rolls into town and um, there's this source of tension that he's going to like revoke their charter so they won't have rights anymore and so yeah like that's matthew's position the um the the learned uh theologian that uh john holbrook is standing uh, studying under is uh, a royalist and so they fight all the time and like he's uh-huh. not allowed to go over to the, the woods's house because he's just like so politically repugnant to him yeah and john holbrook who's been studying under him yeah is uh i think was more of a sort of like home rule kind of person, but sort of falls under the the sway of Reverend Bulkley and really can't, it doesn't feel like he has the position to argue with him because he is so, so learned and so well respected. Yeah. And so Uncle Matthew is just like, uh, that guy's like a pushover. Like he yeah. has no of his own. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so yeah. he tolerates him, but does not uh, respect his political opinions mm-hmm. because he doesn't feel like they're his own political opinions. 
Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So William Ashby, the um, kind of like, you know, the the cute rich kid, I guess. He like becomes a like he, he loses his royalist beliefs after he has to like pay high taxes on his like fancy new house. Yeah. Which like, <laughs> I felt like that was that was that's that was a, a, a good little joke there. Um, and then Judith it, and I think like the Aunt Rachel also is kind of the feeling it's like, listen, all this arguing about politics. This is something that the men do. They care about about it. But like, honestly, it doesn't have that much to do with our lives. Like our lives are like putting food mm-hmm. on the table you know, doing, we have to do all just like, just yeah. the hard work of staying alive in this colony. Yeah. Um, and this is just something that like the men like to argue about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very much like they have this divide because like Kit has these thoughts and she is definitely a royalist, but mm-hmm. she isn't going to these, these meetings. Uncle Matthew actually hosts like political gatherings yeah. Yeah. in his yeah, yeah. house. And yeah. it's sort of like they're in one room having these heated discussions and the mm-hmm. women are just in the other room like knitting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, again, I mean, Pearson Society, I mean, technically we learned about it in school, but I don't really remember. But, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it was pretty segregated. It was very conservative. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, I think that's kind of interesting. Mm. Okay, should we jump back to our first question? Yeah, let's jump back. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's go back in order. Uh, what was your first experience or memory of this book? So this, I think, is a book that you have, like, a much stronger attachment to than I do. I certainly read it. I probably read it more than once, and it was certainly in, in elementary school, but um, I don't have a strong association of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I would assume it would be around fourth or fifth grade. It just seemed like it was kind of like... A book that was always around. It's a, um, you know, it's a Newbery Award winner. So I feel like it was just sort of like there at the library a lot. So I certainly read it, but I, I don't sort of have a strong kind of like feeling of like, this is when I read it and it changed my life. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have an exact year or anything either. Again, I know uh, before, before junior high. So it's that, mm-hmm. again, that fourth grade to sixth grade window, which I think a lot of these books will probably fall under. But... I don't have an exact year or anything, mm-hmm. but I mean, I really liked this book. Mm-hmm. I think I actually ended up liking it more as I got older because as a kid, I'm like, oh, it's cool. Like she's a rebel. She doesn't mm-hmm. fit in. So like there's that outsider theme that's kind of interesting. But I think probably like in junior high or high school, when I reread it, I think I saw more of the melodrama or the the romance part of it mm-hmm. and like you know I mean I, I I've talked with several friends about this like you know you have like literary crushes uh-huh. um, so a lot of for a lot of people a lot of women it's like Gilbert Blythe you know but I think that for me would have fallen under that Mm-hmm. that category as well yeah you know because he does kind of seem like a perfect person <laughs> like even when he's fighting with her mm-hmm. it's never like like I don't know it doesn't really seem mean you know what I mean yeah it's funny how I feel like a lot of romantic comedies kind of like miss that mark where they're supposed to have this sort of like you banter. know yeah this like sexual tension banter and it actually seems like 
they hate each other a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. Like they're just fighting. But um, yeah, like their relationship is very cute. Um, it definitely mm-hmm. like this. This seems like a perfect uh, Shirley literary crush. Like, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you did not have to tell me that, but like, you know, <laughs> he's funny. He's um, like, he seems he's like a kind well, of he's a free spirit. You know, he's yeah. Well, he's uh, like, smart. He's been he's well read. Hmm. You know, so he's read like Shakespeare and yeah, yeah he's like capable. It's very word worldly, you know, he like um he he loves his ship. He like uh communi- communicates almost exclusively in like nautical metaphor. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah. But he loves his ship the dolphin and just every year they like they sail down to Barbados and then they sail back up to New England and like that's his whole life. Uh yeah. and his his mother lives in New England uh, in the summer, and then the rest of the year is on the Dolphin, like on the trip down to Barbados. Um, New England winters. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It seems very smart, actually. Um, very smart. So, and that that is eventually the the life that that Kit will lead um, as as uh, Mrs. Captain Eden. Uh, so this book again, I think, like I kind of grew to appreciate it more. And yeah, I, I, so I don't, it's kind of a weird book because I think a lot of the other books, like I hadn't read in so long, but I mm-hmm. probably read this one in the last five years. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's like, I really like it. Mm-hmm. And it's a quick read and sure. it's like romance novel light. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, I mean, I think this book's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. The next question, I think we sort of segued into this already a little bit. How did this book affect us as kids and why did you or didn't you like this book um, when you were young? Yeah, I remember enjoying it. I'm trying to think like reactions to it. I don't know. Do you want to go first? Do you have do you have thoughts about uh, uh, how you how you reacted to this book at that time? Other than, I guess, uh, add to to the romance uh, angle. I think it's really hard for me to separate Mm -hmm. like my first reading impressions from older readings just mm-hmm. because I read it so many times. Yeah. I've literally, I've probably read this book like 10 times, you know, I just visit it every couple of years. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have a, like a clear, you know, like this is how I felt the first time, but clearly yeah. I liked it enough to keep reading it. Yeah. 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 Um, cause I mean, I did, I did read a lot, but I didn't buy every book that I read. Mm-hmm. I did like this one. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely liked it. I don't know. I, I was, there was a, there was a moment, um, when I was young and I was trying to go through all of the Newberry winners. Mm-hmm. And so it's possible that I picked it up while I was on that kind of kick, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. going through the list and yeah. all of them. And, and yeah. probably... I would say of the Newberry winners that I read and remember, it's for me, it's probably one of my favorite ones. Hmm. And there are lots of Newberry winners and I read a lot of them and I don't, they didn't necessarily resonate with me as much. Sure. Yeah. 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 So one thing I noticed is that, that Kit, uh, who you say is, um, you know, she's this outsider, she's this rebel, she's kind of, a, um, she speaks her mind, even though like, that's kind of not a great idea like a lot of the time um so that you can definitely see as a common sort of like heroine of a kid's novel but -hmm. what's interesting is that she's very much like uh, a girly girl it's sort of contrasted with um sort of her you know her her puritan rebel uh relatives uh but it's not 
necessarily seen as um, a negative. You know, yeah. she's like, you know, she's used to living in Barbados where it's warm. Um, she has these beautiful silk, colorful dresses. Um, I do remember as a kid, there's this very like, I think this is kind of things that you really like take to heart as a kid. There's a scene where she's just arrived at the house and like her mm-hmm. uncle is still clearly like, I don't know if I want you in my house. Like, I didn't ask for this. Yeah, um, yeah. But so she's unpacking her seven trunks and everyone's like seven trunks. That's so many trunks. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's pulling out all these beautiful dresses and then her two cousins um, are just kind of like in awe. And so she's like, oh, well, you should try them on, you know. And so she, yeah. she lets them try on their beautiful dresses. And then her aunt, who um, she remembers her mother saying that her aunt was sort of the beauty of the family. But when she meets her aunt, she thinks she's a, a servant because she's just sort of so worn out and beaten down by like the harshness of living in New England. Yeah, um, she's got gray hair. She just looks weathered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so that the aunt also um, is sort of like, you know, envious of these dresses um, and they're, you know, they're having a nice time. And uh, she's just urging, you know, her cousins. It's like, oh, no, keep them. Like, yeah, I have I have this. You can just have it. Um, and then her uncle like thunders in is just like, this is vanity. You know, you're you're, mm-hmm. you're not permitted to own such things. And he like makes them give the dresses back. Um, mm-hmm. And they finally like convince him that Mercy, who, um you know, it's kind of this like semi-invalid. They allow her to keep this nice wool shawl because it's not gaudy. This this plain like blue wool shawl. And I just remember as as a kid feeling like, oh, that's so mean. <laughs> like, yeah. Let them keep the dresses. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I feel like definitely her her clothes are very emblematic of of how she doesn't fit in. Yes. Into the society. So again, she has seven trunks, which is apparently just ridiculous amounts of clothes. They're they're really valuable. Uh, at the end of the book, she actually says that one of these types of dresses in 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 the, in the town she's in is so prized that it might be handed down for several generations. Yeah. You know, like this is this is how valuable silks and and velvets mm-hmm. and and all this stuff is. And so, but that's all she has because she came from this extraordinarily wealthy background privileged background she's um you know essentially showing off when she arrives because she's got all this stuff and she's you know she's offering it to her cousins but also kind of like oh look at all this beautiful stuff i have right 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 um and then again that's why she attracts all this attention when she goes to meeting because she's wearing silk and everyone else there is wearing calico yeah yeah calico's fancy calico's fancy like they're just wearing like homespun wool yeah yeah and so you know again she's wearing bright colors and even though it seems like that they aren't dressed like when i picture puritans i mm-hmm. picture like pilgrims like sure. yeah <laughs> like all black and yeah. like the the black hoods and you know like the little, <laughs> yes. little white trim Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But they actually do wear colors, but they're still like kind of muted colors. They're not going to be these super, you know, peacock blue, particularly. I think it was a peacock blue dress that she wanted to give Judith. And that was just not going to be okay. Right. So it's very interesting. Um, You know, again, so she's like, "I, I, I need to do chores. And like, you're going to do chores and silk? And she's like, I don't have anything else. Yeah. And she's like, let me borrow your dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, making some very mad people like,
like, oh, I don't have any crappy clothes. Let me borrow yours. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But also, like, she literally doesn't. Um, she's never had to do, like, physical labor. No. Never anything. I, uh, it sort of makes it sound like she was, like, feral on the island. Yeah, they kind of do. and running around. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> right, right. And which they allude to, um, but kind of don't put a ton of emphasis on the fact that... Um, like her grandfather owned a plantation, owned slaves. She had a, a personal like servant she, slave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He calls it her her own. She had to sell her own Negro girl to like buy passage on the Dolphin, like to get to New England. Right. Um, and so it's certainly like the book acknowledges that like her ability to like wear these beautiful clothes and like have these you know this this soft hands and be able to just like swim yeah. in the ocean and read Shakespeare all day is um, like basically on the backs of slaves. And yeah. uh, some people in the town are very much, um, I guess, abolitionists. Like they, they say it's wrong to own slaves. I think um, Nat is very proud that they, they say like the, the dolphin could make so much more money if they would just transport slaves, but they won't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Cause one of the things that really, uh, you know, they have this kind of cute bonding moment as they're sailing over initially. And then there, she says to him, she's like, oh, I just want to get away from this stinky boat, basically. And he blows his lid because he's mm-hmm. like, you know, this is the honest stink of horses. You know, <laughs> right. We, yeah. Yeah. If we transported people like we would make so much more money. But he's like, we like they they, they won't do it. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a very interesting how, how slavery exists and they acknowledge it but mm-hmm. it's not there's really not a lot of of statements about it yeah i mean and also we are in uh new england so it's not a, a slave holding colony so much mm-hmm. you know because we don't have the plantation system but it, it definitely like they they do mention slavery yeah i mean i i um i do like that they kind of I don't know. I feel like this is probably pretty sophisticated for kids and it's definitely something, not something that I thought about at the time. It's certainly like you read this as a little kid and you're like, oh yeah, like slavery is bad. You shouldn't own slaves. Right. Um, again, guys, spoiler alert. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but I do like reading it now, the idea that um, this sympathetic character in no way feels bad about having owned slaves. And she never, um, it's not like she changes her mind. You know, no. like it does kind of I'm not going to say accurately, but I, I feel like they uh, I mean, obviously, there were just tons of people walking around who just felt like, yeah, that's just how the life is. They're slavery. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like it, it wouldn't have felt um, maybe authentic if she had just kind of been like, oh, you're 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 so right. Like slavery is bad. Yeah. But also like the book isn't really about that. And I think you yeah. could also like. There's certainly like no, you know, black people in the novel at all. Um, so like once she gets to this little town in New England, it's just like not an issue. It just like doesn't come up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think she sort of that she acknowledges at some point that like her hands are no longer soft because she has to do all this hard work, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that if she married William, then she would have like servants she didn't say mm-hmm. slaves but they would have servants to help do all this housework and she could just be like this fine lady of, yeah. a, of a nice house so it's not like she's like yay slaves you know but right she, she doesn't want to do the work you know yeah sure yeah you know? 
Yeah. I also, um, I didn't, I don't think I picked up on this as much as a kid, but now I'm reading it and I kind of appreciate how they describe all the work that has to be done to just sort of like survive Mm -hmm. in this like tiny town in Connecticut. And it, um, you know how Little House on the Prairie, like a lot of their chores sound kind of fun and nice. Uh, Like none of this sounds fun or nice. You know, she like burns her hands trying to make like corn pudding, which like does not sound delicious. Uh, You know, she's like, having to card this wool and it's scratchy and has burrs in it. And she's like really bad at it. She's like, yeah, she, she like, she's constantly hurting herself. She has to stir this like big kettle full of soap, which smells like lye. And she can like barely stand the stench. And like, finally her cousin like yells at her and is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like, if you don't stir this right, we're going to have lumpy soap like all summer. and It's going to be your fault. Um, Yeah. And I think that's the moment that that breaks her. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) right it's like yeah 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 well and also I think um there's this moment where she overhears her aunt and uncle talking um and they're still kind of a little bit like you know again they did not know she was coming and just like you know this this girl just shows up on her doorstep and be like I live with you now um Mm -hmm. and you know they're talking about just like oh you know she'll 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 learn she'll fit in and then they just kind of say yeah, it would have been so much better if she were a boy because they they need like basically another man to work in the fields. Yeah, uh, there's this, this very um an economic aspect to the fact that like you know adding another member to the household has these consequences. And he has two daughters, right? There, two daughters. there are right. no surviving sons. Yes. Um, yes. I yes. think they mention at one point in the book how they had I think two other boys who did not survive childhood. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, infant mortality rates at this time is insane. But, you know, to have the the labor of another male, you mm. know, I mean, you can, again, get twice as much work done, if not more than twice as much work done when you yeah. have someone else help you do it. And it's so gender delineated tasks, like mm-hmm. the work they do, that even if Mercy had been stronger or if Judith had been so inclined, like they would not have been allowed to probably plow a field right yeah and they do do field work but it's clear that just like it's like having yeah 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 yeah. but like just having like another man to help would have like helped the family so much and i think yeah. as a kid i i read this you know over this education it just felt like so outraged just like oh like that's so unfair like you know they they don't like her because she's a girl but um you know it's it's it seems it seems realistic yeah 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 so um, one of the things that I, so she overhears this conversation and she like runs crying to the bed that she has to share with Judith. So of course, Judith is super happy about this. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, why do I have to share with her? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's crying on this feather mattress. And in my notes this time, I was like, they have a feather mattress? Mm. like, were feather mattresses common? Does that, because I actually think that even though, you know, there are no sons, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're poor. I think they are very firmly middle class. Yeah, I mean, insofar as, like, middle class means anything, they're definitely, like, in the middle of their town economically. Like, the the Crufts, the the family that, whose daughter Prudence is, like, this kind of bedraggled, like, abused, you know, little girl, like, they're... They're definitely more poor yeah. than the woods, just as like William Ad- Ashby is definitely richer than the woods. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like the, I think the Cruffs are um, like neither of them can read. I'm pretty sure Uncle Matthew could read because he, he's like, yeah. Oh no, he definitely harder. can. Yeah. 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 He definitely can. You know, I mean, so the girls. He's like, what's the word they use? He's like a select man. He's like, has some role in, in the town government. Yeah, maybe like, it's like a like a city council person. Yeah, like an alderman, I guess. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. But, uh. you know, he's got, <laughs> but he's got some some authority within the yes. town. Yes, he right? does. So they really respect him and stuff. But, yeah, they, it was just know, weird. They like, the, eat. Yeah. They do. And it might be not great food. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like they don't have enough to waste anything. Yes. But they're not impoverished. You know, they right. have enough ability to grow their own food, spin. They spin a lot of wool. Yeah. Yes. Um, Mercy teaches again at the dame school and actually pulls Kit in to work at the dame school as well because she can read and write. Yeah. Um, and so they were like, oh, we can have more students now. So that's more money coming in during the summertime. So that's uh, that also plays part of it because that's where she learns that she's like, oh, I really love teaching. You know, I really like working with the kids. But it gets her into trouble because she is unconventional, has an unconventional background. She does unconventional things and it just kind of riles up uh, these right. very sort of, you know, uh, conservative uh, townsfolk. Because uh, she right. dares to put on a play. A play is like the word right of the Bible. <laughs> right, 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 right of the so yeah, yeah. And you can see actually now um, the author is is kind of doing this trick where um, like Kit's sort of sense of what is right and wrong is like much closer to our modern sense than like the Puritans' sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Kit has no notion that like having the kids uh, like act out a Bible a Bible story, which seems like you know so so um, like benign like the the town elders like burst in and they're just like scandalized and then even like poor mercy is just like oh i didn't realize what we were doing was play acting you know i thought we were just like playing (laughs) right it's like oh but it's acting it's wicked yeah there's very much like it's the devil's work kind of stuff you know Mm -hmm. but i mean she was thinking well how can we make this more interesting for these kids like what we're doing kind of not that exciting right yeah yeah um, and so, yeah, it, it kind of causes this whole thing where she actually gets them fired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, oh, no, that's the moment that gets her into the yes. swamp. Yes. Yes. Yeah, not not the libraries. The libraries was like another thing. But No, no, no. That was just like a minor. Uh, yeah. yeah but, but yeah, it, she's she's freaked out because she's like not only messed up her, you know, kind of her future or whatever I guess not, not, sure. future, but, you know, not her... even future she just like she lost you know I think she um is very conscious of the fact that she's not really contributing and like here she was actually able to like make a little money and like help out yeah. the household yeah and yeah so she lost that opportunity and also ruined Mercy's opportunity to do it as yeah well because they were right. like oh you should have known better right you know? right right yeah and Mercy's yeah. probably like what like 17 right right yeah 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 yeah. And it's but, also basically like a saint. She's like the best person of all people. God, she's the best people. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she runs off to the, the swamp. She's crying in mm-hmm. this swamp and Hannah finds her and then mm-hmm. like basically gives her like blueberry cake and a kitten. Yes. <laughs> Cures all ills. Right. I don't think that's wrong, by the way. I feel like if someone gave me blueberry cake and a kitten, I'd feel pretty happy. Oh, me too. Like, yeah. No matter what was going on. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, sounds pretty good. Kittens? I'm just wondering. Well, I think that that cat of hers is just like reproducing nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But she only has one cat, but lots of kittens. Lots of kittens. Well, listen, that that cat's busy. <laughs> like, <laughs> the cat has an active social life. It does. It can get around. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. It's very. I think there's a lot of little details that you definitely would overlook as a child. Like I. I think I read it much more on like a surface level and like now what I'm seeing is like, oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Like I didn't, I'm pretty sure I just skipped over all the charter stuff. Mm-hmm. I really don't remember any of that because I, yeah. I didn't care. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's not the fun part. Right, right. You know. It's also interesting. So I was trying to remember, I feel like when we were kids, just like books set in kind of like colonial, like pre-revolutionary war America were super common. It just looked like a, this really common genre. And Actually. now, yeah, yeah. Johnny Tremaine obviously being like the mm. most obvious example. And like mm-hmm. now, you know, I go, I go for years at a time without thinking about the 17th century, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it, the, the interesting thing about this, so I guess, I guess part of the reason for that is that they just feel educational, you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's important, young American school child, that you like understand your your country's history or whatever. I I like I feel like this book in a way has a light touch because it's you could not read this book and in fact I think we did not read this book and come away with like a lot of knowledge about like yeah or like the government of Connecticut or like no. the, the 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 issues like why why did the colonialists and like the British government have you know these these tensions or whatever um no. it's just like it's kind of discussed like no more than the characters themselves would discuss it like they just bring it up a little bit because like Kit has no idea but I, I do kind of like that it doesn't just like sit you down and be like okay well like here's some history kids um right. it's just it's just there and as you say, like, maybe we did not really engage with it that much, but yeah, it's there. It's, 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 it's there for you to have or, or not have. I mean, I feel like a yeah. lot of what I took away from it is more just sort of the, like, the texture of their lives. You know, the feeling of just, like, living in Connecticut is not particularly comfortable or easy. And then later when they describe uh, the... Um, Hannah's cottage her little cottage like off in the swampland because she's not allowed to live in the town um yeah. it's this incredibly cozy little little house little cottage that's just like everything is so nice and like just just the way it should be yeah it's just one little room and she's got her little like her hearth and like her um you know the place where the cat lives and she spins thread and you just feel this like just how how lovely and snug it is um, mm-hmm. I feel like those, those kinds of, like, domestic details are, like, really important to kids. Yeah. So, you know, I think similarly to when I read The Little House on the Prairie books, I was probably more drawn to the the description of, like, how they lived life. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. You know? But, again, the political stuff, which is, again, the sort of the strong undercurrent to the story was not that important, but I mean, how many books did we read as a kid that were Revolutionary War, like, like Brothers yeah. Dead, Johnny Tremaine, mm-hmm. like, there are, yep. there are a bunch, yeah. um, and those deal much more directly with the, mm-hmm. the, the issue, this also yeah. takes place quite a lot earlier, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. um, in sort of the, col- uh, the colonies, yeah, like late 1600s, yeah, 
I feel like of of the of the book's themes, like definitely like the the witchcraft, uh, mm-hmm. the outsideriness, yes, was definitely a bigger theme within the story. Because mm-hmm. so Hannah again, she's was accused of witchcraft. I think in Massachusetts. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, because she's a Quaker. Yeah. So um, her and her husband were both um, driven out and actually branded. Branded, yeah. On their foreheads. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. worse than Milady. <laughs> yeah. It's really intense. Yeah, like, that's her face. Uh, Thomas died sometime before, um, but he built the house for them on the side of this pond or swamp, swampy mm-hmm. pond. Um, <laughs> Blackbird pond. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because, like, it's so funny because you're like, the Witch of Blackbird Pond, I told Wesley what book we were doing today, and he's like, oh, it sounds like a scary book. Mm. Because it's yeah, because it's a witch. Pond. Yeah, and but it's it's completely no. <laughs> there is no witchcraft in yes. this book. Yes. Um. Kind of the whole point actually is that there's yeah. no actual word for it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and all of the covers like don't have anything like that. It's literally just like a picture of a kid generally. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cover I've got here is this kind of nice watercolor illustration of uh, like kid on the foreground. And she's wearing her little shawl, and like in the background is this little house. Yeah. Oh, and you can think you can see a little picture of Hannah. Very cute. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a nice so illustration. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting. You know. Um, so again, there. <laughs> Wicca. No, there, there's no <laughs> Wicca in this. Hannah is literally just different. Right. You know, I mean, I, I study medieval history and they always talk about all these women who were accused of witchcraft. And it's primarily widow, uh, widows living on the outside of town. They have no support system. They may own land. People steal their property when they get accused mm-hmm. of witchcraft. Yep. Like they're completely vulnerable within the system. And, you know, again, you got to blame somebody for all these this disease. Sure. I mean, where would you be if you didn't blame someone for disease? You'd be dead of disease. That's where yeah. you'd be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll kind of see. What do you think about rereading it? We kind of talked about that. No mm. different. Your perspective insights. Oh, we're doing all these things. We're so smart. Oh, man. Yeah. Listen, we're pros. This is like episode four. Uh, it's good. I didn't say a number because I totally thought it was episode three. Nah. <laughs> well, that's because we haven't released episode three yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So one of the things I thought about when they described Mercy, right, and they talk Mm -hmm. about her, that she's not, like, a super beautiful person, not in the way Judith is beautiful. Um, They also describe Kit as very plain all the time. Yeah, it's kind of funny because you, um, I feel like as a kid and even reading this now, I was just like, no, she's not. Come on. She's obviously super beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. She has this very, like, vivacious personality. Uh, I mean, she's all the clothes. Right. Yeah. Actually, there's this very nice little description. Uh, again, this is stuff I did not pick up on as a kid at all. But um, so there's this tense moment when like the governor is coming to town. He's clearly, you know, he's a royalist. He has the backing of the the, the mm. British government. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all the, the townsfolk are kind of like really tense about him being there. And then he shows up and he's like, he's very handsome. He has this really fancy embroidered coat and like he sits his horse very well. He's clearly just this very... Um, he has all the trappings of wealth and the trappings of wealth really um, gives him authority. And mm-hmm. like Kit, Kit is very impressed. Yeah. And it, it, I think 
again, it probably it just went right over my head as a as a kid. But it's it's kind of a nice, I think, much more so than today. A, just like the quality of your clothes when clothes were very expensive like it really it said so much about your place in the world and like sort of oh, your yeah. place in the hierarchy yeah because they're very nervous that like maybe people will throw things at him there will be like oh you know a riot or there will be violence um uh-huh. but like everyone is pretty they just keep the peace and it's partly because he is just so clearly just projecting authority um right. and that's partly because of his clothes yeah well yeah like everyone just seems like they have these really kind of simple lives you know yeah so when you have somebody who who exudes power and Mm -hmm. and money yeah you know and and maybe that's what kit has though i mean because she does have very nice clothes right right yeah yeah oh so they describe mercy um as plain but she has these beautiful lustrous like gray eyes which i think is is pretty interesting and so so they describe her as these she's beautiful eyes but then she gets up to greet Kit, and um, her shoulder jerks grotesquely. I think that's the word she literally uses, mm-hmm. um, because she's walking on these crutches. Right. Uh, because as a child, she had a fever, and it left her basically. They call I think they call it crippled in the book. Yeah, world. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they didn't mince their words then, but they don't describe what it is. And so I was actually trying to figure out what it was. I'm wondering if it was polio. They have polio back then. I think polio's been around a really long time. I mean, I would, I have, I yeah, it could be. I don't know. I mean, polio yeah. was a childhood disease. It was really, really common. Mm-hmm. Um, her one of her brothers died from it. Yes. And so they don't describe her infirmity other than she can't really walk. Right. Yeah, so it's mentioned at the very beginning, and she is clearly this kind of tragic figure, right? That she has this this infirmity, but it's really not dwelt upon, and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of unclear just how constrained she is. Like it's um, it's it's weird how little detail you 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 see in the books about it. Mm-hmm. It also kind of reminds me of Little House on the Prairie when you know Mary gets Scarlet Figure and goes blind, and it's like. Like, other than that sort of, like, stark fact of her going blind, it's kind of like, well, that happened. You know, it's not, you don't really dwell into, like, you know, what it's like for that to to be the case. (laughs) Yeah. Kit actually remarks upon the fact that, like, yeah, she can't really walk, but they said she still contributed to the household in so many ways. Again, she teaches at the dame school. She spins, she knits, she helps cook. Yeah. but more than the physical labor she contributes is mm-hmm. the emotional labor. Emotional so, labor, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, her her father is grumpy and, you know, Mercy is one of his few soft spots. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, that's why she gets to keep the shawl. And her mother is constantly, like, on the verge of, like, a breakdown because she's yeah, yeah, yeah. so, like, broken. She's just so overworked, basically. Yeah, yeah, just so exhausted, you know. And I mean, if she grew up in the same household that Kit grew up in, she mm-hmm. grew up in wealth. Yeah. Right? But she right. fell in love with this guy. Yeah. And, you know, clearly is, has she had a huge change in her uh, financial status. Right. You know, so she's had to learn it, and I can't imagine what her... Her, her life was like beforehand, you know, and, mm-hmm. and as she transitioned into this 
having to work and do everything, right? Right. Um, was wait was Kit's Kit's grandfather um the Aunt Rachel's father, or did Kit's mom marry into that family? Aunt Judith and Kit's mom were sisters. Were sisters, right? Uh, I was just wondering if, like, one sister married up and the other one married down. I don't... They, you know, it's really weird because they actually very, specify. very briefly talk about Kit's parents. Because, again, she is twice orphaned, technically. Because yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Her, her parents got married and it was, like, this huge love match from how she describes it. But they also seemed yes. like crazy free spirits and would just travel mm-hmm. around and left Kit with the grandfather. And yes. a bunch of slaves. Yeah. Um, yes. Razor. Yeah. Yeah. And they died in a storm. Happens. So, as 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 that happens, but she really doesn't seem to be broken up over it. I think because they said she was very young at the time. She was maybe like right. three. Right. right. So she's really right. never yeah. known her parents. Like her yes. her parental figure was her grandfather. And actually, I think it's very interesting. Kind of going back to the slavery thing. So she had these servants, and she had a nursemaid, but. She doesn't seem attached to any of them at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, this is the person who, like, your grandfather. Yes, he read to you. Yeah. Technically, he supported you, but mm-hmm. he did probably most of the work of like feeding you, bathing you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, an unnamed nursemaid. Right. Like, yeah. I just felt like that was super like bizarre. Right. That yeah, I mean, um she he, sold all of their slaves in order to pay off like when when their when her grandfather died, uh, she finds out that actually the plantation was like in huge debt. And yeah. so she basically she sells all the slaves uh to pay yeah. the debts. And that like that's just kind of stated like really matter of factly, like, Oh yeah, well, you know, we had property yeah. and we sold to pay your debts, but it's like those were people. There's people she probably had a relationship with. Oh yeah. People and it's she's just, grown up with and raised her and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her. Exactly. And it's just totally glossed over. Yeah. Um, I think she almost, she like feels a little sorry for herself because she had to sell her like personal, you know, maid who was a slave. Um, girl. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. It's, it's, a, it's a strange book when you think of it in those terms, you know, but yeah, I was, I was, I was trying to figure out if it was polio. I tried to look it up and see and like nobody has kind of really come up with any good theories of it but it's i mean it's highly possible polio you know, oh uh, yeah 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 oh yeah. by the way if we have read the house in the prairie we'll talk about this a little bit more but scarlet fever does not cause blindness say what scarlet fever does not cause blindness huh little house in the prairie lied to you wow yeah jesus causes blindness yes it does <laughs> yeah. maybe they were just like i don't know some kind of fever was it scarlet who knows yeah <laughs> no no they do know what it was because i think they've oh. read like her diaries or something uh-huh. like that yeah but i read a quick article and again we'll talk about it in more detail i'll probably look up that article and mm. find out what disease it was but it was like the disease so what happened was there was a doctor and she was going to medical school she's learning about scarlet fever and then she's like huh symptoms not blindness you know, like, that's not on the list of what it does. And she's like, but I learned that it was from the book. Yeah. And so when she looked into it, it was another disease, which I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But scarlet fever at the time of the book's publication was sort of the 
it disease. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So they had her change it to scarlet fever. Huh. And they was like lying to generations of children. Like it was more glamorous. Like it yeah, was... <laughs> I guess. Like it was. Wow. You know, sure. The the you know like I don't know tuberculosis like it was trendy. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Consumption was trendy. That's mm-hmm. for a while. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. 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 Well, we're talking about medicine. So, um, towards the oh, end yeah. of the book, there's this like fever that everyone in town comes down with, which incidentally, like Kit gets it, but like she gets better really quickly. Um, the book just kind of says because she grew up like in the Barbados sunshine and like ate a lot of fruit. <laughs> which, yeah. like, I don't know if that's medically sound, but that's fine. Um, well, but if but you then, think about their diet. Well, she's probably like much better nourished uh, and had a much more varied diet than uh, the than. So actually, that you know what, that's probably right. There uh, might be something to it, just because you know what? like right. yeah. they eat a lot of gruel. It sounds like yeah. A do lot they ever eat meat? They're constantly just eating like corn mush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's what? a lot of talk about how um actually so people the the the. the common knowledge is that <laughs> modern people are taller than people beforehand which yeah. is true to an extent so mm-hmm. when you're talking about like paleolithic people or like pre-modern humans mm-hmm. like that's not true they were actually pretty tall oh yeah what happened was agriculture mm-hmm. <laughs> so with agriculture people's diets basically went from super varied because before you were a hunter gatherer you know and you ate seasonally Mm -hmm. you you know you had again a variety of foods so maybe you didn't eat three fruits and four vegetables every day but over over the sort of grand scheme of things macronutrients you know Mm -hmm. kind of balance right but with agriculture uh yeah you had more calories and it maybe was more reliable but it mm-hmm. was like one thing. You just ate like, mm. a lot of corn or you ate yeah. a lot of wheat or a lot yeah. of rice. And so you were losing out on proteins and mm. vegetables and, and all those other things that <laughs> keep you healthy and yeah, help you grow fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Anthropology. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. So that's why when we think of people being short, it's because mm-hmm. all they ate was like corn or okay. it was, you know, like for, so for like a couple thousand years, we're just stunted because we were just eating like grains and nothing but yeah. grains. Yeah, that's it, fascinating. It, it did not help. That's fascinating. Yeah, like literally, I just heard um, listening to another podcast today. Hey, nice. Yeah, it was about Pocahontas, which is super depressing. But mm-hmm. uh, Josh Smith, <laughs> yeah, he was five three. Wow, that's my height. Wow, right? Like putting that in perspective. <laughs> That's awesome. I am a short person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm short for a woman. <laughs> Actually, you're not that short for like an Asian woman. For an Asian woman, I am average. There you go. <laughs> Hang on but, to that average, but, yeah. But I'm short. I'm average for an Asian woman in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as an Asian American, you're still short. Yes. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Probably because I ate too much rice and not oh, enough other stuff. Oh, yeah. That was because that was not because I was malnourished. That's because no. I chose to be malnourished. <laughs> <laughs> you just love rice so much. I do love rice. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, listen, right? Cyrus is delicious. You're not wrong. Oh, it's the, it's the most delicious food. Um, yeah. Anyway, so like what I was trying to slowly drive at is that um, so Mercy gets the fever and she's very, very sick because she's mm-hmm. already like not sort of physically robust. And because of this like political uh, divide between Matthew and um, the Reverend, uh, what's his name? Bulky? Bulky? Berkeley? Bulky? Yeah. Um, he like he won't have him in the house, even though he's a doctor. And so finally, uh, like, he just, you know, it's things are getting worse and worse. And finally, like, Matthew just breaks down. He, like, goes outside and he, like, sees the reverend, like, coming towards the house. And they're just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, please come see to my daughter. And they're like, oh, like, I was I was just here to, like, try to make you see reason. So, like, he comes in and um, he's like, okay, there's something I want to try. So he gets a bunch of onions. Yeah. Chops them all up. Yeah. Hooks them into a poultice and just yeah. like puts hot onions on her chest and then just like right. replaces them whenever they cool off with like more hot onions. And this yeah. is the like. So my question to you is like, what? Like, would that help? <laughs> like, what the hell did they do? Yeah, like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, um, so prior to that, he they they bleed her twice. So I mean, I'm sure hot onion treatment is definitely better for you than like losing blood. Right. But like. Well, is there any they know there's an extent to bleed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They bleed the her person... twice and they're like, I'm not gonna do it anymore. <laughs> like it might kill her. It's I like, dare not yeah. do it another time. <laughs> you shouldn't do it at once, buddy. Like <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, um, think about that. The medicine back then was definitely like I think it was like the four humors and it's like when your oh, body's sure. out of balance, like you gotta let out the poisons, you know? Like Right. Ugh. Right. Well, I mean, like at that time you have a virus it's like what are you gonna do there's there's probably no like no treatment right you just have to sort of like keep hydrated and sweat it out pretty much because i don't even think well clearly they don't have aspirin Aspirin, mention it yeah that's true aspirin is one of the first medicines i think yeah it's from willow bark and so i mean i think they learned in all these again all of these books we read as a kid like you you get it from willow (laughs) willow bark yeah yeah. What else in Willow Bark and you have some white powder and that's your aspirin, you know? Yeah, and if you know that, you're probably a witch. <laughs> right. This is what I've learned from fiction. <laughs> so they clearly don't have that knowledge. No. Um, and so, yeah, fevers, like, they don't have ice. You know, I mean, oh, well, sure. they can't generate ice, you know, I mean, right. there's ice during winter. But, right. you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, you know, if you're making a poultice, because they talk about her having a cough as well. So maybe it's like the, you know, old timey version of like Vicks VapoRub. Right. <laughs> so like that, that onion like aroma will kind of like clear out your, your cough somehow. Yeah. Well, I mean, like wasabi will clear out your sinuses. So. That's true. That's true. You know, <laughs> actually onions have a lot of vitamin C. <laughs> That might help. I think it doesn't do as much as you think it does. I mean, I, I'm still going to drink orange juice, but hey. I just don't think it's <laughs> it, it's not medicine. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of like yeah. Anyway, we like. Yay! <laughs> Listen, I, I feel like if you enjoy it, it's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Orange juice is okay. All right. Oh, can I go on another tangent about vitamin C? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so, okay, I listened to um, several podcasts, which is actually where I got the idea to do this podcast, because I am enjoying so many podcasts. One of them I listened to was called 
this podcast will kill you. It's hosted by two women. They are epidemiologists, and one is a doctor, um, a medical doctor, and the other one primarily focuses on like just epidemiology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like they want to work for like WHO and the CDC, and like these are their 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 things, right? And I learned from their podcast. I'm assuming that it's well sourced because they're <laughs> that most animals can synthesize their own vitamin C, mm-hmm. but humans cannot. Oh. Most generate it from their own bodies and the food mm-hmm. they, you know, their own bodies. So it's not like they have to get it from food mm, the way yeah. we do. Right. Um, so scurvy is actually a very rare disease. And when they were originally doing animal testing to see what caused scurvy, because they didn't know what caused it. They didn't know what the cure was, really. They couldn't mm-hmm. figure out why citrus seemed to help. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah. knew it did. Mm-hmm. Like when people had fruits and vegetables and things like that, it seemed to help. And so they were testing these different, uh, I guess, vitamins or whatever on animals. Mm. So they were picking different, they, you know, they could pick a, a, any kind of lab animal to test mm-hmm. on. They happen to pick one of the other few animals that also cannot produce vitamin C. Oh. And so they just got super lucky because they, if they had tested it on a rat, it would uh-huh. have worked. Like, they still wow. wouldn't know. But but so what animal was it? Guinea pigs. Oh, guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. That's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> they got very lucky. Ah, fascinating. Uh, very interesting. Nothing okay. to do with book. But... No, no. All right. But you learn something. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, their diet sucked. <laughs> oh, man. It does not. I think the only thing they eat that sounds the least bit delicious is the blueberry cake at, like, Hannah's Little Witch's Cottage. Like, everything else is just like, here's your mush. Well, how can Hannah grow blue? have blueberry cake, but nobody else can have blueberry cake? Yeah, but is everyone too dumb to, like, go Poor. gather blueberries? <laughs> Poor old woman on the side of the Yeah, yeah I don't know. Vantage. Yeah, maybe blueberry cake is, um, it's too, uh, 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 it, it, like, it's vanity. It's, <laughs> it's too decadent for Puritans. You can't put fruit in your food. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the devil talking. You know, like, that's why you can't trust the Quakers. They put blueberries in their cake. That's <laughs> so crazy. Okay. All right. Oh, you know, I think they also talk about drinking goat's milk. Yes. Goat. Yes. Yeah. Have you had goat's milk? I have not. Oh. Is so... it not good? <laughs> <laughs> have you had goat cheese? Yes. Goat... Right? So yeah. goat cheese is special. Like I do enjoy it, but mm-hmm. it's it's got it's got a funk to it. It's very right? stinky. Yeah. It's yeah. It's very funky. It's delicious. Um, but it's it's definitely uh, sticky, yeah. Yeah. Goat's milk is also really funky. Oh, interesting. Like it's not because it's cheese that adds the funk. Uh-huh. It literally that... just is funky. Ah, wait, where did you have goat's milk? So I tried it because someone had recommended to me, because I'm semi lactose intolerant, that I could have I could try goat's milk because it has um a lower uh, amount of lactose, lactate, mm. lactose mm. in it. Yeah. Um so I, I could give that a try. And so I went to Sprouts, mm-hmm. cause, you know, like hippie food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and bought some. And I was like, oh, this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, I appreciated the thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but um, it was not, yeah. Yeah, maybe you just have to get used to it. Like, I didn't even have goat cheese probably until, like, wow, five years ago or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, I enjoy the cheeses. Yeah, but yeah. drinking a glass of goat's milk is rough. And so I'm like, that's what she drinks. And so, like, to me, <laughs> so, again, perspective as you mm-hmm. age and try yeah. different things. Because I think as a kid, you wouldn't think, like, oh, yeah, goat's milk, it's fine. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, ah, it's milk, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's milk. It's all milk. <laughs> right. Right. And then I'm right. just like, huh. <laughs> like, um, you know, and it wouldn't be cold, you know, no. like cold milk is like pretty better. weird if you think about it. Yeah. Oh, obviously it's better, but like clearly we fixed it here in the future. Um, right. But yeah, I bet at that time, especially you're eating like corn mush, just like anything with any fat in it must have been like the most delicious thing. That's true. Because, <laughs> you know, I think at this time also like sugar and salt, really valuable. Mm. Yes. Um, actually, uh, one of the notes I took was that although um, the dolphin does not transport slaves, they do transport molasses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely yeah. they're part of the triangle, right? They're just not exactly. the, like the uh, the worst part. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's still entirely dependent upon slave oh, trade, yeah. Absolutely. you know, or slave labor in order to produce this molasses, of course. Absolutely. So it's yeah. you know they're not sin free, but like honestly, like <laughs> they're not cruelty free. <laughs> yeah. I know oh my god it's terrible i I don't think it really would have been possible for them to have been sure just because of the way the economics at that time functioned you know sure 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 if you're gonna do trading in barbados at all like barbados is plantations that's yeah it's sugar the whole society is corrupt basically right so you know and again and sugar is so valuable molasses you know if you couldn't afford because molasses was cheaper than sugar right like white yeah i think so yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I mean, like this is one of the staples that people needed. Yeah. There's a scene uh, early on where they have the like um, the it might actually be John Holbrook. Yeah, it's John Holbrook's like mentor um, over for dinner, and like he's known to have a sweet tooth, so they like go without sweets for like a whole week so they can save up enough sugar to like make him a pie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we really haven't mm-hmm. talked about John Holbrook that much, and I actually think about John Holbrook. Yeah. Interesting character. So kind of to remind you, in case you've forgotten from an hour ago when we described John Holbrook, I think he's from New England, but he's from like kind of a poor family. And he's traveling to Connecticut to study with this um, uh, Reverend Bulkley, Berkeley, whatever his name is. Mm. But, you know, again, he has he's like really quiet. He's very serious, but he's he's very nice. And he becomes friends with Kit. Right. And oh, we should point really, out that the the reason why he's going to study with uh, the Reverend Bulkley is because he um he got into Harvard and he couldn't yeah. afford it. Yeah. Yep. Hashtag yeah. relatable. Anyway, continue. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get into Harvard and couldn't afford it? God, no, I didn't even apply. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I couldn't have afforded it, but I also didn't apply. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Yeah. But yeah. you know, right? College expensive. College. <laughs> Yeah, he he goes to study with this, this, you know, this this theologian, um, and he's learning medicine. He's learning theology. He's apparently Mm -hmm. learning the guy's politics. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there is definitely a spark within him that Kit is drawn to. You know, that even though they are very different people, they have very different temperaments, they have different political views. Mm -hmm. You know, but they kind of still understand each other yeah you know they're they're still like you know like there's a kinship right Mm. so at one point 
you know, John Holbrook has been coming to their house like every week mm-hmm. to read, uh, mostly read Bible, you know, just hang out. And, you know, I mean, I, I was a college student and I understand <laughs> the whole, like, I'm going to go visit some people and eat free food, mm-hmm. right? So he yeah. could just be a moocher. <laughs> I'm sure not, though. He was an upright young man. Yeah. But Kit, at one point, she sees Mercy and as he's reading, she just sees how he's, how she's, how she's watching him mm-hmm. and, and just really like entranced by him, you know, mm-hmm. and like her, she said her, her eyes were like shining yeah. as she listened to him and she's like, oh my God, Mercy's in love with John Holbrook. Right. You know? Right. Um, right. But Judith has set her cap on him because mm-hmm. apparently she was probably supposed to marry William beforehand. Right. Yes. But... Then or like, that she had kind of like that was her intention. Yeah, although they were like not courting. Right. No, time. he. She was just kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm going after this guy. And then like Kit kind of like, stole you know, stole un un you know unconsciously stole him. And so she's like, well, whatever. I'm gonna marry John Hallbrook. Yeah, and it, and and if you read this book, you will quickly discover how ill-suited Judith and <laughs> would have been. Yeah. Like, they are not, like, oh, gosh, that would have been, if they had gotten married, that would have been the most miserable marriage. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because Judith is definitely the person who would appreciate, again, she's, like, super interested in, like, a nice house and Mm -hmm. what kind of linens are there and how Mm -hmm. many windows do you have and, like, all these details. So it's so funny that like so uh, William Ashby keeps coming over because he's courting Kit. He's like formally courting Kit. Like he has yeah. her her uh, her uncle's permission to to yeah. come court. Um and like so at first um he literally just comes over and just like stares at her in silence yeah. for like over awkward. and over. But then yeah he when he awkward. eventually like loosens up a little bit like his primary conversation he's just talking about this house that he's building like on uh, like endlessly talking about this house that he's building and mm-hmm. kit finds it incredibly boring um but yeah. judith is super into it yeah. and it's just funny because i feel like um like as a kid but also probably even today i feel like my relatives can talk endlessly about like um like you know renovations they're doing to their house Oh, just sure. like on and on and on about the covers and the this and the that. And it's just like, oh, wow, I guess some things never change. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> yeah. I also think when I read this book at the time, I felt like Judith was kind of this like wicked stepsister kind of um, figure. Like she's very kind of like willful. She's a little bit mean. Um, she's like, as you say, she's kind of materialistic. And I feel like when I read it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I read it now as an adult. And like I have a lot of sympathy for her. You know, she like. She wants much more than this provincial life, you know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, why on earth wouldn't you want to live in a nicer house and have a servant and, you know, not have to do hard labor, like, basically all day, every day until you're yeah. all, like, used up like your mom, you know? it's Yeah. It's, I, I can't falter with that at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, they describe um, William's mother. And her mother wears beautiful clothes mm-hmm. and is, again, not beaten down by life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so so Judith is sort of, uh, you know, when she gets rebuffed or is no longer able to kind of set mm-hmm. her cap at, at William, she's just like, well, I'll take John, because I guess John is pretty cute. Right, yes. Um, yeah, he's the new hotness, yeah. He is, he is. Um <laughs> But yeah, I know Mercy's like 
can find out that Mercy's like in love with John now, uh, but she doesn't know how John feels because <laughs> Judith has basically like sunk her claws into him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, um, can we talk about the the husking bee uh, yes. scene? Yes. yes. So this is pivotal. This so um. There's, I guess, the, the social event of the fall is the husky bee, where you just get all the corn that you've gathered, and they just throw it in a big room, and, like, all the young people, um, like, just husk it. And mm-hmm. Kit is like, that sounds like work. Why is this fun? They're like, no, no, it's so fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so they're all they're all very excited. That it, I mean, basically, it sounds like the, the teenagers just get to hang out together, and that's, like, a big event. And Judith is really excited about the husky bee, and, you know, they like, obviously, she's going to get John to, like, come with her and, like... I think it's kind of implied that that she will somehow like manage to like kiss him or somehow that like it's anyways yeah. it's like a bit it's a big deal the husky bee but so John comes by and he's like oh you know I think I'll stay with Mercy I kind of want to talk to Mercy and like yeah. it's just like ah I bet you do huh like she's so excited um <laughs> but Judith is like oh no like that's 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 crazy we can't do that um so they get to the house and they're like again it's like oh great John's here like you can all watch the husky bee together and he and she's like oh. I'm going to stay at the house with Mercy. Like, there's something I want to talk to your father about. And then Judith's yeah. like, oh, you know, like, just ask him now. There's no reason why you can't. And, like, she's just somehow, um, like, he, she just assumes that he's going to ask her father to marry her. Mm-hmm. When, in fact, she was about to ask if he could, you know, court Mercy. And John, because he's this very kind of soft-spoken, like, yeah. non-confrontational guy, he, like, cannot figure out how to correct this misunderstanding. Yeah, and so he just old. lets it lie. And now he's, like, basically engaged to Judith. Yeah. And I'm just like, I feel like even as a kid, I read that. I was like, oh, no. That could happen yeah. to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm also quiet and non-confrontational. <laughs> like, <laughs> I better be careful. <laughs> You know, uh, I probably ended up steamrolling you a couple times, too. Oh, uh, oh I'm sorry. Just once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I steamrolled you into doing this podcast with me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. No, it's really sad, though, that whole thing where he was like, I'm just going to hang out with Mercy. Yeah. And she's like, no. Okay, so I looked up a little bit about these husking bees. So essentially what happens is like, yeah, they like, I guess they have like everyone gets a basket and they have to try to husk it as fast as they can. But if they find a red ear, so you peel off all the stuff around the corn, right? And if the, the kernels inside are red, then you get to claim a forfeit from somebody. And that forfeit generally was a kiss. And so for that era, that's very like a huge deal because normally oh, yeah. it's so controlled their lives. Yeah, yeah. To have a kiss, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's like a peck. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. Like yeah. that's a huge deal. Right. Um, and Judith was like, "Oh, I'll make sure that William gets one too." You know, for like for Kit, and she's like, "And I'll make you know, and, and John will get one." You know, yeah. like like this is whole thing. She's like, "I have methods." Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very cute, actually. And Kit's just like, "What? What are? What? Why? What is that?" Like, <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting, but yeah, poor Mercy, because she can't go, like, I don't think she goes to meetings. No, she does. Well, see, that's where, like, kind of the nature of her, um, like, disability is very unclear, because I think she does go to meetings, and she goes to the dame school, so I don't know why. Isn't the dame school in their house? Is it in their house? Is that what it is? Is that why she's able to do it? Okay, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, all right, all right. But I think she does go to meetings. Maybe they carry her. Or maybe they live closer. 
that's they they do live kind of like within commuting distance. Yeah, but maybe the husking bee was further out, like maybe yeah. fields where the corn maybe is. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, Arr. she can't go. Yeah, there's no map of the town. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she can't go, and it's really sad. And then right. I think Kit at that moment, like she had had a talk with John beforehand because she kind of they run into each other or something, and John's like, "Oh, are you going to Husking Bee?" She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but I'm going. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like not psyched. Yeah. So, and uh, she's like, are you going? And he's like, I don't know. Is Mercy going? <laughs> and she's like, well, what, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so cute. And then, you know, and then she literally talks about, there's like this, like this, this kind of look comes over his face. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, she's not going. Maybe I'll just come and keep her company you know (laughs) it is so cute I think it's those kinds of moments that really Mm -hmm. drew me to the book because it's Mm -hmm. so sweet you know yeah 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 yeah. um so there's like another moment like that where actually it's between um Kit and uh Matt and Mm -hmm. you know I mean even though they are one of these central romances like we really haven't talked about that much yet oh yeah 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 but um uh, she discovers that Nat was also a friend of Hannah's. She comes by and he's there and she's like, oh my God, you also know her, you yeah. know? And I think Hannah says something like, she's like, yeah, it's amazing how I found both of my friends crying their hearts out in the swamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you were crying your heart out in the swamp too? And he's like, yeah, I was eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or 10 or something. Yeah, yeah, I think eight. I think eight. Yeah, yeah eight. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> So, you know, she's like, oh, that makes so much sense because she doesn't have anyone to really do the upkeep on the house. Like, how does she get stuff, mm, you know, yeah. stuff done? And yeah. so it's because he comes by and, like, fixes her house, yeah. brings her food, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and and there's uh, one of the these touching moments where they really bond and you see their budding relationship mm-hmm. is he's thatching the roof. Mm. You know, and you know, again, women don't tend to do roof a lot of roof thatching, but she's like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Um, and so she climbs up two logs that they set up as a ladder because they mm-hmm. don't have ladders. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this. I'm like, she's doing that in a skirt. That's yeah. a long skirt. Yeah. Yeah. That's doubly impressive. Yeah. Yeah. But so she helps him thatch the roof. He's super impressed that she like did this work and that mm-hmm. it looks like she's really trying to kind of fit in better and yeah. you know not be so entitled and so they have this really cute moment together and they're just talking about stuff you know I mean it's those moments where you're like oh that's so cute you know? yeah 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 yeah, it's very nicely described. You know, they finished thatching the roof and then they're just like sitting up on the roof and just kind of like staring out and having this like side by side conversation. And you can kind of see like if this were animated by like Studio Ghibli, like how mm. it would look, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was actually, I was thinking about that. I was uh, kind of surprised that it hasn't been turned into some sort of adaptation. Has it not? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah. Because it seems like it could be potential right sure yeah i could see it i could see it now maybe it's you know the author she never wanted it to be and that's always a possibility mm-hmm. you know not to da- due to lack of interest mm. necessarily but it does seem like it could be like i don't know 
like a less lame <laughs> Parks movie. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah, like the yeah. Notebook, but not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder if um, just as like we read a ton of these sorts of like Revolutionary War books in school, I wonder if it just kind of feels too educational. I don't know. I mean, I mean, with the right, the right adaptation, I think. Oh like, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, although they probably would have messed it up. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. also true. So, do you want to talk about the ending when she's accused of witchcraft? Yeah, it's very dramatic. So there's a couple of dramatic stories right so um you know everyone is basically sick of this fever some people in yep. town have died and basically like, an angry mob comes to the woods's house uh and they're like hey matthew like come with us we're gonna go like you know it's it's clearly the witch of blackbird pond we're gonna go get her and he's like no yeah. it's not a witch yeah and they're like and so they kind of like bicker about it and it's clear that there's um suspicion on kit so she is basically like She's kind of the outsider, like, weirdly, a big strike against her is that she knows how to swim and is like, uh, so very early. The reason why um, she meets the little girl Prudence and like kind of earns the the hatred of Prudence's mother is that Prudence dropped her little wooden doll in the river. I also I remember as a kid just thinking like a wooden doll is like the saddest toy. Like, it's not even soft. You know, how could you hug it? (laughs) But anyway, so she drops her toy in the river. And um, so Kit impulsively just jumps in the river and swims to pick it up. Not really noticing that, like, the rivers in Connecticut are much colder than the water in Barbados. But, yeah, so she just does that. And, she's kinda, and everyone's just like, why would you do that? That's madness. And she's just you like, what? You don't, you're like, you don't know how to swim? And they're like, why do you know how to swim? You must be a witch. Um, even even Nat is a little bit like, hey, you know, like, kind of cool it with the swimming, okay? Like, right, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I know you're not a witch or anything, but just, like, you might want to cool it on the swimming. Um, yeah. So yeah, anyways, the the angry mob basically comes to to Uncle Matthew's house and uh, is kind of also it's you know like well you better look to the the witch in your own house and then he gets mm-hmm. mad and kind of actually defends Kit, which Kit finds very like surprising and kind of touching. But eventually there's like well it doesn't matter like if he doesn't go like we've got other people let's just go and yeah. then Kit realizes what's happening and that no one is going to help you know Hannah who is not a witch. Okay. <laughs> um, so she sneaks out and like basically hustles her out of her little house and um the mob gets there and uh they try to shoot her cat but the cat runs away they they tie they they like are like well we'll we'll shoot her goats and then someone else is like well hang on like goats are worth 20 shillings a piece like i'll just take them like yeah yeah yeah. yeah, it's pretty it's it's yeah so but it's really um it's really scary actually you know she bundles like hannah off into the swamp and and hannah's Mm -hmm. you know she's experienced this before because she's already been you know tried and branded as a witch yeah so she's crying she's an old lady she's like her memory is a little bit uh like shaky sometimes yeah. sometimes she thinks her her husband is still alive um so kit just bundles her out of there and they're just kind of like sneaking out through the swamp and kit yeah. is like basically um thinking i can't take her back to the house because my uncle will turn her in and so like but dramatically uh nat saves the day she sees the dolphin she sees the dolphin and they they um so she actually she jumps in the river again actually in a kind of nice like moment of parallelism um hey parallelism um yeah so she she jumps into the river and like flags down the dolphin and basically tells nat what's going on and so nat agrees to take hannah away to stay with her grandmother uh, his grandmother like up up in another village uh to stay so yeah so she's so she's safe and then she she gets back to the house uh soaking wet they they haven't noticed that she's gone 
but then later the town folk come to her and they're like, well, you know, we came, we went to the witch's house, we burned it down. The witch was gone, but mm-hmm. they, she, she's left another to do her work and it's like, and it's Kit. Mm-hmm. So they arrest her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, I didn't remember the whole part. I mean, I remember they arrested her and stuff, mm-hmm. but they actually described that she goes to like, kind of like a jail. Yeah. And it's like detailed. It's so, pretty bleak. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, she's 16, mm-hmm. 16 year old girl. And they put her in, it's not the, is it the regular jail? It is yeah. the regular jail. Yeah, because like, like, yeah. It's like essentially a shed behind this guy's house. And there's nothing to sleep on but some dirty hay. Yeah. And she has no blanket and it's like mm-hmm. getting on winter, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty crazy. And so actually the, um, I guess it's like the sheriff, but I mean not the sheriff. Um, but like the sheriff's wife like feels mm-hmm. bad for her because they've never had like a young girl yeah in jail before yeah and they're like well you don't seem like a witch so here's a blanket you know <laughs> right like some yeah. blanket right 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 and she's so like cold and scared it's like it doesn't even she doesn't really yeah. even feel the warmth yeah and I think her aunt comes to see her right? yes yes uh, she comes and like whispers to her like through the um through the slats like yeah. through the through the shed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is actually a pretty scary moment. And, mm. and so they take her and they're all like, oh, she's clearly a witch. And, you know, mm. like, oh, I, I, this person's like, oh, I saw her put a hex on my kid. And, like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. And it's, it's all those stereotypical, right. like, all yes. these things went bad and clearly it was her evil eye. Yeah, it is kind of interesting that um, at no point does anyone say there's no such thing as witches because clearly everyone believes there is such a thing as witches. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just like, what uncle Matthew is kind of pointing out is just like, you don't have any evidence of this. This is just like one person and there are no other witnesses. So like, mm-hmm. like this isn't true. Not because she's not a like, it's inconceivable. There aren't, that she, there aren't witches that like, no one can like hex your cows so that they will stand rooted in the ground. It's just like, like this back. isn't, this isn't sufficient evidence to like, you know, convict someone of witchcraft. Yeah. It, it's very, very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so in the burned rubble of the house, they found this um, horn book, which is interesting because isn't there like a publishing company called Horn Book or something now? Oh, that sounds right. But again, I wanted to look it up and sort of see what it really was. So I guess it's a, a, a board, mm-hmm. and I think there's usually like a handle, and then they have like a piece of paper or something and then over it they protect it with a thin sheet of horn and i'm not entirely sure how you get a thin sheet of horn but yeah i assume you'd like somehow treat a cow's horn until you get like a thin shaving off of it somehow i'm like is that curly like (laughs) yeah i guess like i don't know i mean i don't i i i I, I trust that the colonial people knew how to do that yeah, it's like the <laughs> knowledge has been lost to us. <laughs> the ancient version of laminating. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah so, you know, they, they say that, so this horn book has um, the alphabet on it and mm-hmm. usually um, some Bible passages for, for, you know, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, yes. Lord's this prayer, one specifically very, has the Lord's Prayer, yeah. yeah. Apparently that's very common, actually. Often mm. they have the Lord's Prayer. So they found that and it belonged to Kit. And she had mm-hmm. brought it to Hannah's so Prudence could borrow it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very, very nice because it was kids. And I'm like, why did you sell it? That was silver. Um, 
<laughs> like you don't need a horn book anymore because you know how to read just really good you're gonna it when you went there right yeah 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 but now yeah. it's like oh that's really convenient yeah well I guess when she got done selling all of her slaves she had enough money for her, her passage and she's like all right that's good enough so I keep that I mean, yeah I don't know man <laughs> yeah I don't know anyways she did yeah yeah so um she had that and then they had like a primer where they had practiced writing Prudence's name and I'm just thinking I'm like so I think the reverend kind of defends her a little bit and I'm almost wondering I'm like how is there no forensics like no common <laughs> sense like I know forensics didn't exist yeah yeah it totally didn't exist yeah but there's no common sense where you might see a primer and they have mm-hmm. the name Prudence written over and over and right. so the first one is clearly written in a different handwriting <laughs> than every other single one, where it's like, yeah. this one is written by someone who actually knows how to write. Right. Yeah. And yet, none of the other ones. Yeah. Right. You know what like, though? I I I gotta say, even I think hit herself when she they find this paper and it just has the word you know Prince's name written over and over. It's like, oh yeah, that does look bad. That kind of does like I was you know hexing someone. <laughs> like that looks like a spell. <laughs> like, but I mean, she's trying to hide the fact because she knows if um like Prudence's mother knows that Prudence was sneaking off to like learn how to read, that she'll yeah. be like really you know severely punished. So she's trying to shield her, so yeah. she can explain that like. You know, she was teaching Prudence to write. Yeah. So she, she has no real, like, reason. It's like, uh, yeah. I guess I just wrote her name over and over for fun. Like, there's no, you know, there's yeah, no true. good explanation. Yeah. Yeah, because initially she sees Prudence kind of watching them teach these classes. And she's like, oh, why don't you join us? And she's like, well, I have the money. And she's like, well, that's okay. And yeah. then she's like, no, I'm, like, not allowed to. Yeah, like, because so I'm too dumb. I'm dumb. Yeah. And so I can't. Um, and so that's why she has to teach her secretly over at Hannah's house. Um, and then, of course, her blueberry cake and kittens have one prudence over it. So she also becomes part of this like crew. Yeah. 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 Hannah. It's very um, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cute. Cause they'll, they'll come over and like, she thought Hannah, prudence would only come when she was there, but then she just starts going on her own because again, yeah. as an outsider child, this is one of the few places where she can go and be safe, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, during this trial, it's like kind of not going so well, especially yeah. when the porn book appears. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, also it's like a big strike against kit that she um was sneaking off to visit hannah like that in of itself is like a mark against her the fact that um her uncle told her not to go she's disobedient Mm -hmm. is like another big mark against her so she's like she's done some stuff wrong and it kind of like in in their eyes and it definitely is starting to look kind of bad and i mean and and you gotta say like her uncle's like saying well she's not a witch like right she's just a you know a bad girl like yeah but i mean yeah. in this society clearly mm-hmm. it's like well you didn't know about her sneaking off what right. else don't you know is yeah, 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 yeah 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 you know yeah but clearly you just don't know anything about your family you right know? right right at the end nat you know like i, I sort of picture it like very dramatically like very flinging dramatic. over the doors and there's yeah. like blood of sunlight like yeah <laughs> and like you know and she just sees him because she's mm-hmm. been completely abandoned by william like william does not come and talk to her, does not yeah. show up at the trial, yeah. is like completely uh, in, in absent, you know, absentee or whatever it is. Yeah. And, well, uh, she also thinks like, well, she's, you know, being kept in jail. So like, oh, well, um, William will, will stand up for me. You know, she he's like a upright, you know, citizen yeah. of the town. He commands a lot of respect. So like, he'll speak up for me. And he totally doesn't at all. No, he he's completely MIA. But 
Nat, who again miraculously did not leave yet, is like, there's Prudence. And, and, she, and Kit's like freaking out. She's like, oh my god, she's gonna get in trouble. What's she doing here? And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like, Prudence wanted to be there and, you know, help her friend. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, no, I can write my name. That's me. Mm-hmm. And so she writes her name. And then they're like, well, can you read? You know, mm-hmm. if you're being taught to read, can you read? And she's like, yeah. Yeah, a little. And they're like, well, can you read? She's like, the Bible, you know? And, you know, she's not great, but she definitely is very passable. And so they, everyone's like, oh, hey, you know, for a kid who can't read and write, she does pretty good. You know? There's this actually super sweet dramatic moment where um, her, father. her father, who, like, yeah. both her father and mother are illiterate and yeah. is just like, so when he, when uh, she writes her name, he's like, yeah. is that is that right? Did he do it right? Is she, is she yeah. actually able to write? Um, and yeah. then when she actually reads, she's he like the father just bursts up and is like, oh, like, you know, my wife, you've always been saying that, you know, our child is stupid, but like she can read. And like now um, I have someone who can like read the Bible to me in the evenings. Like, yeah. why would the devil like, you know, yeah. teach someone to read the Bible? But right. he's so proud. And it's this really yeah. sweet moment where it's like he's kind of standing up to his wife a little bit. And um, this Probably for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this child that has been like totally despised in their household is actually like, um, you know, he's he's like proud of her. Yeah. There's even this like this seems kind of anachronistic, but he like when he jumps up and gives his big big speech, he says something like, "Well, this is a new country, and who's to say that women need to learn how to read just as much as men?" <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, so the, this is enough to like convince the magistrate that Kit is not in fact a witch. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, like Kit came to town even though he's banished. So okay. like, we, no, my, yeah, yeah, Nat, sorry. Um, so uh, should we whip him? But like Nat's already gone. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, like, uh, like good woman Croft. It's like you just told a whole bunch of lies. Like that's against the law. Like, and they're like, yeah. no, 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 not pressing cons to like charges. And so everyone just, you know goes home <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 oh we, we, we have to talk about one more thing yeah, yeah, for mm. sure there is a moment in the book where william is building his great fancy house and ordering all this stuff mm-hmm. he uh orders glass from england from england which is a huge deal because glass is very expensive at this time diamond paint um, windows yeah yeah because normally they probably would have just had like oiled paper or something which i'm like that doesn't keep the window um, yeah for sure <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, oh, oh my goodness, who's actually transporting this, these diamond-painted windows? It's actually that, yep. uh, you know? Yep. And he finds out that this fancy stuff is being bought for William Ashby and his fancy Barbados bride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, they had had this really kind of sweet moment thatching the roof, and the mm-hmm. next time he hears about this, and he's like, you should have told me. Yeah. And she's like, well... I didn't know what to say, and she's like, nothing's for sure, and like, yeah, because she still doesn't really like William. Yeah, she's very reluctant, uh, but she also realizes that um, this is kind of her chance to like not live this life of drudgery in her uncle's house, who like kind of doesn't even want her. Right. Um, right. So it's, she's kind of like, well, you know, this is kind of making the best of a bad situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, but I mean, clearly there's something. It really kind of sours what they had been slowly mm-hmm. building. Yeah, um, yeah. And so they're like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah. But then you find out that it's clearly not over because mm-hmm. William and a couple of the other 
uh, crewmen from the Dolphin go and, um, again, if they illuminate <laughs> William's house, they, yeah. they get pumpkins and they turn them into jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah. And then they put, like, candles in them. And then yeah. they, just, they just put them around his house. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, my God, they burnt his house down? And they're like, right. no. <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah and they, there's really not any more explanation than that as to like why that was bad oh i think like one of the formal charges against nat is that he like left a light burning in a you know a house which it seems like that is that's bad you shouldn't do that you can have burned someone's house down that way but yeah just i don't know if like just william was supposed to come that night and just be like oh no like my house is full of jack-o'-lanterns but I, <laughs> I think at that time, you know, like Halloween was not a thing, right? So, yes. um, yeah. you know, I mean, it probably would have been associated with like evil spirits. They mention Al Hollow's Eve and then yeah. like Judith is like, oh, well, we don't, you know, we don't believe in that because we're mm-hmm. Puritans. Like this is your, your papist ways um, because yeah. she's like basically the Church of England is how kid was, was raised. Yeah um yeah <laughs> it's just i don't know it seems like such a weird thing to get in trouble for it's a weird thing to get in trouble for but he's like um he's like kept in the stocks and then he's banished and then for on pain of like being whipped if he comes back into town it's like it seems like a pretty severe punishment permanently banished yeah 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 <laughs> yeah she sees him in the stocks after he's in the stocks for like three mm-hmm. or four hours or something like that and yeah yeah i'm just like that's crazy that's a crazy strict punishment mm-hmm. but again william ashby is a very well respected like from a really respected family and i'm sure if he had done it to like good wife crust family <laughs> yeah because yeah. they don't have the social standing sure sure, sure. but that's crazy so there's also when um they're like bundling Hannah off like to save her on the dolphin. Um, so Nat asks Kit, it's like, well, it's probably not safe for you here either. Why don't you come with me? And it's this kind of like it's very ambiguous. And she afterwards is just like, you know, did he mean like come with me or like just come oh, somewhere Hannah. else or like yeah, exactly. It's like you mean like with me or um yeah. and it is like it's, me or like me. Like yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's super ambiguous. But it also um I'm wondering how scandalous it would be if she like um just left. Yeah, because you know how in um this is terrible. I think in Pride and Prejudice, like one of the the sisters like runs away with a soldier and it's like her yeah. reputation is ruined because yeah, yeah, yeah. Her reputation is ruined because she's like been away from the house all night. Like implication being like yeah. It's possible that she's lost her virginity. Right. Um, so I'm wondering, like, because um, Kit is often sneaks out and she's literally not supposed to, you know, go anywhere. She has no, like, freedom to just roam around. But I'm just wondering right. if, like, you know, would would she have been, like, a, a social pariah? Would she be, like, a fallen woman if she had just, like, hopped on a ship and, like, run away? Like, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, it's a kid's book. You're definitely not thinking about, like, you know. No. <laughs> her sexual purity uh, no. but. but I mean I think it's kind of interesting so like I don't know exactly for sure but mm-hmm. you know I mean there's courtship which is a very ritualized version yeah. of dating right where it's yes. very much like yeah. in the parlor like yes. people are around you oh yeah um, Oh yeah. but she does get a lot of private moments with 
men. Mm-hmm. And no one seems to say, like, well, she's talking about John Holbrook privately. Like, oh, scandal, you know? Right, 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 and yeah. He seems like the kind of person who would not want to cause scandals. So, like, if it was not okay, like, he would not take a walk with her privately. Right. You know? So I don't know if it's quite as strict as mm-hmm. some versions of courtship might sure. have been. So I, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, and then also this is the whole thing about John Holbrook. I totally forgot about this. Like, I knew that he had left. Like, I remember that he had left, but I couldn't mm. remember why. And he's like, yeah. Fighting Indians? So this is, this is really interesting. So first of all, um, even though the book does not really take any kind of, like, direct moral positions, it's pretty clear, like, slavery is bad, and yeah. uh, persecuting women as witches is also bad. Like, yeah. I think we can, you know, we can, but there's kind of, like, no um, moral stance, like, with regard to Native Americans. <laughs> yeah. uh, There's just, like, oh, the Indians are raiding again. We have to go fight them. And there's, like, someone gets scalped at some point. Someone gets, you know, they're taken captive. Um, and it's just kind of, like, that's a thing that happens. <laughs> it's just, there's no, uh, you know, we certainly don't ever meet any Native Americans or, like, no one has any names. There's no, like, census to, like, why are there is there bloodshed you know it's just like it was like it's it's they're basically wild animals you know right that take people captive yeah yeah uh, so like you know normally um judith is she has staked her claim on him they are mm-hmm. officially uh, engaged yes and he conveniently goes and volunteers to go and fight the Native Americans because right. there's like a recent rash of violence. He's like, I've learned a lot of medicine. Mm-hmm. Like, poultices, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, there's no such thing as medicine, but okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess, sure. Um, sure. But he's yeah. going to go and, and fight. And I'm like, he was getting away from Judith. Uh, well, actually, because the book, so this is really interesting. And I think this is actually a way in which sort of like, you can see the 1950s kind of shining through because this is um, kind of shown. I think the implication is that because he's chosen to do this, he is um, kind of rebelling against his mentor a little bit. Like he's thinking yeah. for himself. And yes. so like, so, so Judith is like, you know, why did he leave me? This is like, he's just foolish. We were so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mercy is basically like, you know, I don't think that it's that he, like wanted to go or whatever i think he had to i think he had this is something like men have to do to like prove something to themselves and judas like whatever that's stupid um (laughs) but basically like um it it is it does kind of feel like he went out and like did some military service and he came back and he was like more of a man yeah and and you know so he's he goes they it does not go well Uh, Uh they're taken captive yeah Um, some people are dead and they're Mm -hmm. like we don't know who's still alive you know right and so it's literally like months later. It is deep winter now, and in the middle of the snowstorm, like, like someone knocks on the door, and they're like, "What's going on?" And mm. They open the door, and this haggard, yeah, know, dirty, yeah. you know, hairy man. I always like, pictured him looking like John Brown. You know that picture of John Brown? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just like, they're like, what the heck? Who is this guy? Yeah. And they just like busts in the door. Yeah. And, I, and, and so I always picture this, like, super dramatic moment. And this is why I think I'm like, <laughs> if they could do a movie right, yeah. like, this moment <laughs> yeah. is kind of amazing. Right, right. Yeah. And it's really described kind of really cool. Mm. I, I don't know if cool is the right word. 
but it always <laughs> really stuck with me. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It yeah. crosses the threshold, you know, mm-hmm. and it goes, he's, it, and everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God, it's John, oh my God, yeah. John. Yeah. And Judith's like freaking out. Yeah. And, and Mercy's there, and she's just recovered from this fever. Mm-hmm. And so she's still kind of weak, but she's mm-hmm. over by the, the fireplace, which is where she kind of hangs. Mm-hmm. And it goes straight to her, and he just sinks down and just like puts her, his head in her lap. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So also the implication is that now that he's sort of like been through this um kind of like, you know, manly experience, right. um he's able to sort of like openly say like it's actually mercy that I love and um yeah. like he I think he actually says like yeah, I I had a talk with uh the Revlin uh why can't I remember the zoo's name but about uh Berkeley. Berkeley? Let's say Berkeley um it's like okay so we disagree about some things but he's going to teach me theology and medicine and like we're just not going to like fight about politics yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like so he's just totally changed by this experience yeah it's like we're just not going to agree to this stuff yeah 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 and it is this like and it to me does feel very 1950s it's like he went out and like you know he he became a man (laughs) through you know being a soldier through basically through through just violence I don't know. It's, I, 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 yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. It is very, um, uh, like I didn't pick up on this as a kid cause I like, didn't know anything about Shakespeare really, but like, it's very Shakespearean that like somehow like the wrong people have gotten engaged and then they like switch everybody up and then the right people are engaged you know it's like the end of uh much ado about nothing right. no 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 not much ado about nothing what am i talking about it's like the end of uh, midsummer's night dream yeah because like if you think about it they even ask when they're preparing for the weddings because it's going to be a double wedding with um, mm-hmm. judith and mercy and john and and william i mean mm-hmm. you know you know you know the pairing mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and judith is preparing her whole life to get married so it's, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's really gathered like yeah. all the linens that she's going to need to be a bride and she knows where it's going to go in the house and stuff like that yeah. and William's yeah. built and yeah. Mercy has nothing like, yeah 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 she probably expected to be a spinster her entire life because she yeah. has this disability she's and 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 Kit's like what are you gonna do and she's like it's fine I'm gonna live at home anyways for a while yeah and then <laughs> yeah. John's gonna get um uh he's gonna be like not a pastor but like he's gonna get like a He's kind of like a, a parish church of his own. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like a little, like outside of the town, like in a new settlement nearby. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then like, I'll just be with his wife. And she's like, how, like, how are you going to handle it? And like, mm-hmm. Mercy's like completely just like, dude, it'll be fine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. then John, John basically says, he's like, yeah, I know that she's not physically able to do everything, but he's like, mm-hmm. I don't need her to physically do everything because love will, you know, yes, make it work. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, how, how, how the hell was, was ugh, Judith going to marry that guy? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just so like, so mixed up. <laughs> yeah. But it all works out in the end. It does work out at the end. Yay. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting on pretty long here. Um, yeah. Do you like it better or worse now? Do you like it better uh-huh. or worse now? Uh, I don't even know. I feel like I, I it, this is kind of like the boring answer that I end up giving every time, but I, like I read it very differently and I enjoyed reading it both times. Um, yeah. It's just 
you know, it's just obviously a different book um, yeah. now that I'm an adult and yeah. know about capitalism and stuff. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it is hard to say. It's like, do I like it better? I, I do. I did really like it then, and I still yeah. really like it now. But, yeah. you know, I mean, and even though I again, read it within the last couple of years, mm-hmm. this time, knowing that I was going to be discussing it in detail, mm-hmm. I was looking at everything a little bit differently, like trying to explore the themes and the relationships and, the, you know, all the, the history of it yeah. more than just as a fluffy romance, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it kind of becomes a different book when you're looking for those differences, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if I was just skimming as normal and I'd be like, oh, it's so romantic, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I've actually recommended it to kids. Uh-huh. You know, like, or to, like, young people, and they're like, yeah. I want a romantic book, and I'm like, you read that book. Like, ah. <laughs> they like it? Do they come back afterwards? And... That's the problem. Kids never tell me. Oh, they should tell you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they should tell me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, was there a movie adaptation? I don't think so, but, like, I think, so. I think it could... It could be really good if done properly. Yeah. Actually, now I'm just picturing, like, the Studio Ghibli version, and, like, I can picture it very clearly. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, it would be good. So would I recommend it? Yes, I'd still definitely recommend this book. Mm-hmm. And I have. Do you have any closing thoughts on this guy? Um, God, yeah, we've, we, I don't know why we went so long on this one. Lots of tangents. I mean, it was Lots just like, tangents. really kind of exploring the, the, the plot. Cause it, mm-hmm. again, for like a short book, mm-hmm. it's like under, I think it's probably under 200 pages. Yeah. It's very plotty. So much happens. Yeah. Elena, where literally not that much happens. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think the um the only thing that I wanted to touch on that we haven't talked about so far is kind of um like just the feminist angle because the book is so the book is sort of like has the non-controversial stance that like witch hunts are wrong. People aren't witches, basically. <laughs> but it's um it's not really like a super feminist book. It's about a very sexist society and it's not about really like um, challenging that society uh, very strongly. It's definitely about more like um, sort of the fear of outsiders, I guess, is sort of the, uh, the thing about, about Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like what, how I was trying to tie this together. You do see how Kit's life is very constrained like both by basically the fact that they have to do just like a lot of hard work to just live. And, but yeah. also because um, they're just the cultural norms just really hem her in, you know, yeah. there's like yeah, yeah. not a lot of fun in her life. She doesn't have a lot of freedom, like, Mm-mm. you know, just, just literally doing anything that her uncle told her not to do is like practically illegal, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, they do contrast with, um, you know, her life in Barbados where she clearly had a lot more freedom, partly because of her like economic status so the thing, the one, one, um, when she's kind of talking to Hannah about this, uh, this match with William Ashby, and she's talking about like, well, you know, I'm not, you know, he's he's fine, but it would he's be, fine. it would be a good chance for me, you know, it would mean a better life. And what Hannah mm-hmm. says is like, um, but it's not an escape if there's no love. And like yeah. that is sort of the 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 end of the book is that like all three young women go on to have better lives because they sort of like fall in love with the right guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which maybe is also a very 50s conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to Harvard and study. Or like, you know, like, yeah. 
<laughs> we're going to change the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. her plan until Nat comes back, mm-hmm. she's like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to sell these dresses and hopefully mm-hmm. it's enough money for me to buy money or to buy passage back to Barbados. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to get married. I'm going to go and I'm going to teach. And yeah. I'm gonna, and I'm like, that's very progressive. Right. Like, I don't think it is actually because that's virtually the only avenue left to her. That's, you know, she's basically being a governess. She's, she's Jane Eyre basically, you know, it's yeah, like, what other being... job can she get? But she's still like kind of, um, you know, striking out on her own, which I right. can say is, is definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause technically she could go to Massachusetts and be a governess. She's that's also true. Yes. Yeah. Know, yeah. Half across the world. Yes. You know? For sure. For sure. But for sure. Yeah. She's like, it, it's part of this whole thing of like, she does not, she really does not fit in. Like she has mm-hmm. tried, she mm-hmm. cannot, you know, convert herself. You know, there's a, a metaphor about, this exotic bird that yes. Nat yeah. wants to buy the child and mm-hmm. his father is like that bird will get picked to death yeah get back to new england yeah and yeah, like, yeah. And, and that's like you are that bird you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. i was like oh really nat am i the bird is that what you meant by that wow okay yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's like this like, so, but it's yeah it <laughs> and she is so angry about it but it's true like she's as much as she's learned and grown Mm-hmm. she's also like this is not who I am yeah and she's like also I hate winter like, yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and it is um the sort of this uh compromise that she by marrying Nat Eaton and like having you know life a life on oh and his, his, his new ship which uh, like as the the button is that the name of his new ship is the witch um mm-hmm. which seems pretty um like kind of politically daring <laughs> um, like, yeah <laughs> but it does seem like that's a good name for a ship um so, but yeah, she can go to Barbados every year and then she mm-hmm. can um, spend the summers uh, in New England uh, with Hannah. And she she basically gets to have it all. Yeah, because she was talking about how she's like, you know, I can have a garden with Hannah and mm-hmm. I can go see my relatives, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is, I don't, did, I, does Matt get pardoned or something like that? Because he was like, oh yeah, and during the summers, if you want, you know, we'll have a house eventually in Seabrook or here in Weathersfield if you want. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you will? You're not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, did they, like, did they forget? So, no, I think um, at the trial when they're like, oh, well, you know, this guy, this guy broke his banishment, like, so we yeah. should whip him. Um, they do yeah. say like, well, he, he defied the edict because he was seeking justice and the magistrate is like, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but he's already like out the door. So who yeah, knows? but like if yeah. he came back, isn't the edict still standing? Or yeah, it's like not nah, cool now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No idea. Maybe yeah, he was just being nice. <laughs> Maybe they were like, well, it was good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I'm. I'm. I'm out. What have What have you got? I think most of the stuff we talked about, uh, but I want to talk about. <laughs> This is a mm-hmm. super random thought. Yeah. <laughs> Thankful Peabody's wedding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they have like a wedding towards the end of a book. And first of all, the names appeared in so fantastic. So yes. Mercy is like, I mean, that's not that bad. But Thankful. Thankful is an awesome name. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very like, you know, it's like, really we're good. Name this, like, you yeah. know, virtues, right? Yeah. 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 Thankful is very good. But they were talking about how the men had mugs of. Oh, I remember that. I remember even as a kid being like, 
they have what now? Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what are they drinking? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I looked it up, and I think it's it is beer. Okay. But Weird. I'm like, yeah. oh, that does remind me. I did want to say that. Um, I think the book does a very nice subtle thing with the dialogue in that they use a couple of kind of like stylistic tricks to sort of sound, you know, old timey. They say twas and twasn't and mm-hmm. um, like there be versus like there are, but it's not super heavy handed and the rest of it feels like modern, modern dialogue. So it's just like a little bit of flavor. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's very, it's very nicely done. It's like yeah. just, just enough. Yeah. And actually the person who has actually the most dialect is mm-hmm. Hannah. Right, right, because she's using the uh, the Quaker, like, thee and thou. Yeah, most everyone else speaks pretty modern English. Mm-hmm. With just yeah. that sort of little sprinkle of mm-hmm. uh, Puritanism, which, like, I have, I'm in no position to say, like, how actually historically accurate that could be, but it sounds good. It reads well. It, it's not obtrusive at all, the way that, like, sometimes when you read dialect and it's just very sort of clunky and takes you out of, uh, you know, the flow. Yeah, like, I mean, if you're, gosh, I'm trying to think of other contemporary books that were actually written in that era, mm-hmm. the 17th, mm. like, when was Ivanhoe written? Because that's, like, my model of, like, hard-to-read books. Oh, <laughs> that's definitely um sometime in the 19th century. Yeah, so that's even more recent. Or you mean, like, where is it, when is it set? No, like, when was it written? I'm trying to think of, like, you know, like, what's a contemporary novel for what would have been that era oh contemporary to um that yeah like um the scarlet letter maybe yeah scarlet letter definitely the language is different right oh that's 1850 that's way off oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow i didn't didn't quite realize that that was also historical fiction um okay well i don't know then yeah oh wasn't the scarlet letter about communism uh no oh that's Uh, crucible sorry (laughs) yes that was about mccarthyism that's accurate Uh, (laughs) that one is yeah 1687 is the year of this book Mm -hmm. takes place it's like the legend of sleepy hollow would be like early 1800s yeah man it's like that's super early yeah it's before jane austen like actually, when uh, when Kate is talking about reading Shakespeare, Shakespeare is like those plays are like forty years old. No, like maybe like seventy years old. Yeah, Shakespeare died in sixteen sixteen. I just looked it up. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, have you heard about this hot new thing? It's Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. You're gonna yeah, love now, it. Now, of course, Shakespeare's language is or like I think we it's, it's known that the people did not actually talk like that. Oh sure, sure. Well, like in iambic pentameter, no, they did not. What? (laughs) (laughs) He's like disappointed. (laughs) But yeah. um, Anyway. The language is still different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it obviously like is not historically accurate, but I feel like it does a really nice little gesture towards the like, oh, they this is a different time. They speak differently without making you do a ton of um, a ton of work. In in D&D, it's called flavor text. Flavor text, yeah. <laughs> it establishes the setting. <laughs> <laughs> like, hail and well met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have that little paragraph that talks about what's yeah. going on. And then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I 
don't know. Do you have any other any other thoughts? Anything else? No, you know, I I, oh, I guess this is my last thought. Is so okay. that I feel like the other books, I just had such a different relationship with them. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I was almost able to criticize them better. But like I just think and love this book so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. That it's hard to have a book talk on a book that you really like mm-hmm, <laughs> because mm-hmm. you can't say like D'Artagnan's a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Even Judith, who's probably the least sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Like, you definitely understand her a lot more. Yes. Like, she's not a bad person. She's yes. just, again, she's Belle. She wants more than yeah. this life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. actually, that's a great segue, because next next time, we're going to read a book that I love dearly by one of my all-time favorite authors, honestly. Uh, shall we Shall we talk about it? I can't remember what it was. You tell me. Oh, da, 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 da. we're going to read uh, The Lives of Christopher Chant by Diana Wynne-Jones. How did I forget that? <laughs> you got a lot going on in your life. I'm like, I'm honestly, I'm so psyched to read it. I love this book so much. This is going to be the first one of our books that um, like I actually, I have my copy with me. Uh, it has it has not left my side. As we've talked to ourselves before, uh, we could honestly do a whole podcast about Diana Wynne-Jones. Like I just, oh, yeah. I love this book so much. So this yeah. is going to be a really fun one. Uh, look forward guys like if you haven't so i also say diana Wynne jones is criminally underread so to our yeah. faithful listeners if you have not read the lives of christopher chant like seek it out it's super good Just uh, all her stuff. yeah like literally any diana Wynne jones you can get your hands on like super super good super slept on so everybody go get your copies read up we will we will meet you in a couple weeks and talk about like just a, a deeply beloved book of mine yeah, yeah, Diana Wynne Jones. We'll, we'll definitely talk about her. She's um, she was friends with Neil Gaiman too. That's true. She hung yeah. out with cool people. We will definitely do some talk about Harry Potter while we're here. Oh yeah, so yeah, you can look forward to um, Squee and uh, Shirley trashing Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I will try to bring a critical eye, but also just like I love Diana Wynne Jones so much, and I know Shirley does too. So. All right. Again, faithful listeners, meet you back here in a couple weeks. Uh, okay. Thanks for sticking with us. Okay. Well, hopefully uh, you'll be back uh, soon. Yeah. That was a really long one. Oh, my God. Why did we go on for so long? Well, I think it's... You know, I feel like when you're really analyzing, you were just like fangirling over the book. (laughs) You kind of were. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I feel like this is like also kind of part of just re-engaging with these books, right? It's just being like, it's just enthusiasm for them. Yeah, but it should just be fangirls. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was actually, I was tempted to text you so many times, and I'm like, I don't know how to criticize this book. How am I going to talk about this book? Yeah. I think we had some interesting things to say, though. Well, I'm like, no, my stuff is all like, oh, they're so cute. They're oh, cute, so, though. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> they are cute. <laughs> it's okay. It's your authentic reaction. That's what the people want.